Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message. And if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Have you ever been invited to, well, I shouldn't say that. Have you ever not been invited to a party that you heard about? You heard about, and maybe later on the next day you find out about, and uh, because your friend kind of mentioned it, maybe uh, she or he wasn't supposed to mention that, and uh, it just feels terrible. Anybody? I mean, of course, I've always been unpopular, so I'm always invited to parties, you know, but uh, maybe you felt this way before. (laughs) I think it happens to everybody, right? It doesn't matter how well you do in high school or college or whatever, your friendship circles, but uh, you find out there's a get-together and you weren't invited to it. What uh, a terrible feeling. Jesus talks enough about parties, goes to enough parties, that I don't think it's crazy at all to say that's the gist of what it means to believe in Jesus, to be at his party. (laughs) It's a party, though, that does not end, right? That's kind of the whole point of the church. It's the whole point of what we have in Christ. It's bigger than a lifestyle, a list of steps, a way of thinking, a habit, a religion. It is a party. It's bigger than that, actually. Our theme for this next couple of weeks is Jesus says in John chapter 10, I have come that they may have what? Life. And, I love what he adds to this, and have it abundantly. And today I want you to think about it in terms of a party. Jesus uh, tells us this parable, and actually what we were talking about before this upcoming series segues perfectly, right? He has been telling people that he is in charge. He's the authority. He's the king. And he's been telling them parable after parable about how so-and-so in... uh, um, Came and for some bizarre reason, he was rejected, right? And whether it was the uh, king who owned the vineyard, that was last week, whether it was a father and two sons, and what was it before? I think it was a little conversation about John the Baptist, right? What'd you do to him uh, when he came to call you to faith? You killed him. The finale of these is this parable he gives today that I think segues perfectly into what we've been given to do at St. James. He says this, Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to, meaning, this is how God works. This is what you're going to see. This is what it's going to look like. It's going to look like a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. I mean, we're getting so... Hello from Jesus. Who is the king? God the Father. Who is the son? Jesus is the wedding feast. He gives a wedding feast for his son. Now, is there something, anything awful about that? 
Sounds like a blast. Who likes going to wedding reception? Who likes? I'm not asking if you like going to weddings. Who do you like going to wedding receptions? They're pretty much all good. Although I do remember uh, talking to Owen back here, maybe a little older than that. A couple summers in a row, I felt like I was had to be at a wedding every doggone weekend. Worse, had to have a tux. I had to rent to be at, like every weekend, somebody, a family, a cousin, a friend. Anyhow, I'm sorry, I'm not going to complain. But uh, <laughs> my summer was taken up by weddings. But ultimately, though, I mean, it's a blast going to receptions, right? So he's having a wedding feast for his son. He sends his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Maybe that's me. I guess I just showed my cards there. Maybe (laughs) I'm like, that's too expensive. I got other things to do. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, look, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered. This is quite a feast, by the way. Not fat calf, not quarter of a cow. Like the whole thing. This is gigantic. Plus some oxen. I mean, there's a lot of food. And everything is ready. I've done all the work. It's all done. Come to the wedding feast. And the servants go out and they say that to people who knew this was going to happen. But look at their response. So it's a free gift, a free meal, a fun time, all taken care of, all expenses paid. You knew about this. But they paid no attention and they went off. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. Now, again, when you listen to parables, what's weird is where you should focus. What's weird here is who responds like this? I mean, I might just not show up, but would I kill the person that gives me the invitation to my cousin's wedding? It's insane. And what is the king inviting them to? A party. A free feast, a joyful event, life. That is what Christ gives through his church. That is, if you want to say, the Christian religion. It's it's so much bigger than a religion, though. One is religious in it. There's nothing wrong with religion or being religious. This is healthy and good. You have habits, right? And they're good ones. And you you practice these because they're good. But this is so much passes a religion. Jesus came as he said that they may have life and have it abundantly. That is the essence of what we're talking about, what it means to be a Christian, to trust and to know Christ, to be a part of St. James, is life. It's a life and death issue. 
And not just in the sense of like the Greek philosophers, they had ways of life, whether it's a Stoic or Epicurean, you know, uh, the Sophists, the Neoplatonists, or Plato had these ideas and these ways of living, and they would say probably that you follow these things and they will give you life. It's a good way to live by denying yourself and not doing this or not overdoing anything, right? Live moderately, whatever it is. These are, this is, and there's Christian, there's something to that in Christianity. There's a lot of wisdom to just living a good life. The Ten Commandments, these are good things that will benefit you. You will enjoy life more if you play by the rules of the Creator, for sure. But it far surpasses that when, when Jesus says, I came that they may have life. He's actually talking literal, not just good years. He's talking eternal. He's talking resurrection. He rose from the dead. He's talking forgiveness and peace and welcome back to a family where you don't need to worry about what so-and-so thinks about you. You don't need to worry about whether or not your dad's disappointed in you. God is not. God forgives and God loves. That's what Christianity is. I don't think... I really believe that people don't know that. I've said this a lot since I came here. I came here, actually, because I really believe, because there's more people in Chicago than Cadillac, first of all. Did you notice this? Have you been to Cadillac? A couple more people here. But I really believe that people don't understand what Christianity is. They think that is a rule of life. It's things that you do, and it's uh, morality, it's behavior, maybe even something. It's political, and it's voting a certain way. I really believe people don't know what Christianity is. And sometimes I'm afraid I think some Christians don't know what it ultimately is. It's life. And it's a free gift of life. And it's literally being pardoned of all your sins for free by Jesus, the life giver, and given a promise that you're going to rise again. And knowing that future, that it's going to be okay. That no matter what you're going through, whether it's a job problem, a sin problem, a relationship problem, a mental problem, a depressed problem, you're going to be okay changes how you deal with today and gives you a little jump in your step. Not all the time because we're fools. We fall down. We get lost in looking into darkness. But knowing you're loved by God, that he's for you, that it's going to be okay, I think gives you a little life. So you're not surviving in this world. You are thriving in this world. That's what Christianity is. That's what St. James is called to give. Now look at these guys. And I would say Jesus very likely is speaking specifically to the Jewish leaders of the people of Israel. Okay, the leaders of the people of Israel. And he's basically saying, this is what you look like, right? He's been doing this for a number of parables now. You look foolish. You're rejecting life. You're rejecting a party that I'm inviting you to. And so look what happens to these guys. What are they doing? What stops them from coming to the party? And maybe what stops you from really embracing the party? And maybe what stops others out there from coming to the party of St. James? They paid no attention. 
That's what sin does, by the way. Sin clouds your ears. Someone can literally give you a free gift, but sin and Satan keep you so isolated and, and deaf to even good things and blind to even something awesome right in front of you that you don't even hear it. And I bet you've been through that before. Some, and then they went off, one to his farm, right? Going to keep busy doing these little things in my life. Just going to keep busy and ignore the abyss below me. Ignore the fact that I'm only here for so long. Ignore the fact that I am dying. Ignore the fact that I've got sins piling up. I'm just going to keep myself busy in my farm. Another to his business. Keep busy doing these things, these temporary things, these located things. Keep my mind off those They give me temporary joy, perhaps they do. I'm really doing well in business, really doing well on the farm, really doing well in life. My kid's in soccer, he's doing well, he's going to school, I'm just so, right? You keep busy with these little ordinary things of life, which are fine, by the way, but they can take up your whole attention, and you get lost in them, fault satisfied in them, and not go to the party. I bet you've all struggled with this. I have to be here. I'm a pastor. I get paid to be here. Sometimes I wonder, what would it be like if I didn't get paid to be here every Sunday? I try to put myself in your shoes. What if I voluntarily just came to church? What would, no. Uh, I'd be here, I think. I don't know. But I wouldn't be here all the time. Even as a pastor, I can be here but not be here. Because I'm busy at the farm and I'm busy in the business. And even the business of church. I like how Paul t- or how Jesus talks about these things that keep him away from going to something that's so awesome like a party. But that's the world, isn't it? Lost in the little busyness. We've been doing a great study with the, uh, the uh, young professional group, uh, but talking about that sort of thing, haven't we, I think? And how the busyness of life can steal you away from deeply just soaking in what we have in Christ and growing in the faith, let alone just enjoying life. So Jesus says, this is what happens, right? And I would say Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. He's talking about the chief priests. He's talking about the leaders. And they indeed kill Jesus, don't they? Absolutely. Just like in the last parable, they put him outside of Jerusalem and they kill him. It's insane, but that's what sin does. And when they did it, we all did it. All of us who are busy with farms, busy with our businesses, all of us are rejectors of that Christ. And they put him on that cross. And there, like last, last week, amazingly, that very act made the salvation. It actually is what bought what we have as a party when Jesus died for your sins and mine. Three days later, Christ rises again. Look, what, look, look, look back at this parable. The king was angry, sent his troops, destroyed those murders, and burned their city, which happened in Jerusalem in 70 AD. It is flattened which is God's judgment on the absolute ignorant, in-your-face condemnation of his son. And then what happens? He says to his servants, the feast is ready. We're going to have a party. And if people are too comfortable out there, don't want to come, we're going to find someone to come to the party. I love this language. I'm going to have a party, and the place is going to be full, and if you don't want to come, we got plenty more that would love to be here. Because you know what? People that realize they want to go to a party like that, where it's free and it's flown, are people that know they really are poor. 
and they got nothing. And all these things of the world, they've lost them. That's why people in that position really get it. That when you're full of your own successes, it's hard to get Jesus. Because you're blinded by your own little tiny trophies. But when they're robbed from you and they're wiped away, free gifts, free lunch, free food, makes a lot of sense. You're going to be at that supper (laughs) at that church outside. And you're not going to be embarrassed. So Jesus says to his servants, go the roads and gather all who you find, right? To the main roads, not to the special places where people have it all good and they're just fine. Out of the main roads is what he means by that when you go into a city back then. Out to the common people. And they went out to the roads and gathered all whom they found both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. We're going to fill this place. And for the people that don't want to be here, there's plenty more that need to be here. And we are the servants. We, first of all, are the guests who've invited. You are here. Why? Because someone invited you to the party. Whether it was a mom or dad who brought you to the waters of baptism, struggling and crying, by the way. That's how we usually end up in church for the first time. Whether you're an adult or a baby. Or maybe a friend at a youth group. But you were brought invited to the party by one of God's, the king's servants. And you were given that life and you have feasted on the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And you've been given the promise of hope and resurrection. And now we as St. James who have been made alive in Christ are sent out to invite people. No judgment of who they are. But especially people that we see the man... They really need a free meal, a free party. Maybe it's at work, maybe it's in school, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a family member. But through St. James, that's what we're called to do in many different ways. That's why we, made, we created a school a hundred and something years ago. Why? To invite people to the party, little people, to give them the richness of life through an education based in Christ. That's why we do the, we have a women's Bible study, our, our young professional group, men's network, women's network, all these things that we are doing and that we want to start new things of. Why? Because we are sending ourselves out to invite people to the party where there is life and there is hope, especially in this city of chaos and fear, this country of confusion People need to come to this feast more than ever, don't they? This city needs St. James more than ever. This is not a time to put things on pause or to wait it out and let's see how the economy recovers before we really start doing some crazy things. This is actually the time that we actually need to double down and step it up. Because there are people that are really hurting and are really lacking, and are really hungry, and are really thirsty for some hope and some peace. And so you're going to hear about this as we also grow in our knowledge and faith looking through Bible stories. But I want you to start praying now for all of St. James. That we all really realize what we have in Christ, that we've been invited to a party, but also that God opens our eyes to people. And to ways to reaching out to people. We can be creative to getting out to the main roads and those by roads. And inviting them into this party that is St. James.
I ask you to start praying about that now, thinking about that now. Coming up with ideas now. Text me, email me. Pastor, I got a great idea that might really make a difference in this community. A need that I see. Let me know. So we can be exactly that. Either way, God's going to get it done, right? Because I love this. There's going to be a party. (laughs) And he's going to fill the place with his people. It's going to happen. You just watch it these next couple of years. In Jesus' name, amen.